Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Has my wits back. Yep, now with all four doorkeepers capable of speech. A hundred percent of the time capable of speech. Yay. I expect Jordan to use it a hundred percent of the time this episode. <laughs> yeah, nonstop talking. So yeah, we're back once again with the continued exploits of the doorkeepers of the Duat. Our heroes having exited the sightless Sphinx following their triumphant battle against the Forgotten Pharaoh and their rescuing of Hollis's friend, Sarathet, yeah, as need- well as the mummy of Chisisek. Yeah, that Sphinx was like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. That's true. That was the nicest evil thing we've ever bargained with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, she was just like, you know, you guys, you guys kind of messed up a lot of my other people in here. And uh, I know you're pretty fresh as in only one fight today, even if it was a rough fight. It's true. So you'd exited from there and met back up with Rahi and Lagash, the Moftet. Uh, Rahi, who had escorted you here, the daughter of their chieftain, Arayu? Arayu. Uh, and Lagash, whom you had rescued from the Sightless Sphinx, and then uh, went, met back up with Masika's mentor, Nima, and returned to her, her missing familiar, Safa, giving her back all her infinite magical power. Mm-hmm. You had uh, then gone back to the Moftet, where you informed the Sphinx Ken that they're, they are, one, able to return back to their home now that you've dealt with the cult, and two, uh, unfortunately, Fortunately, unfortunately, the traitorous son of the chieftain had been killed. Along with every all everyone but two of his followers, one of them who is currently yep. a cat. <laughs> yes. After this, you had been uh, escorted to a room where you could stay for the evening, although it's actually you know still a couple hours before sunset, where you decided now that Sudi was attuned once again to the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh, that perhaps the time had finally come to speak with the spirit of Chisisek, something that Mm -hmm. you have been endeavoring to do for about a book and a half now. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Do we want to give Sarah that the option to kind of bow out and not be around for it since it freaks out I mean, I kind of assumed she would bow out. Yeah, I mean, she's free to do whatever she feels like doing. Yeah, she doesn't want to be around any of the Forgotten Pharaoh's powers considering what happened the last time that she was around any of the three fractions of the Forgotten Pharaoh. Yes, yeah, so she could go hang off. out with Rahi for the evening. Or at the very least, she could retire upstairs while you guys are doing all of this stuff because mm-hmm. it is a two-story structure. Uh, Nima would also be fine leaving all of you to your own work so that you don't need to worry about her. Uh, also, considering the precarious situation that the Moftet find themselves in, despite the fact that by their honor code, they're basically required to provide you with sustenance that whole you are a guest if a person comes to you you provide them with food and shelter they don't really have much to spare and so she's fine using her magic to go and help uh, provide as much food and water as the Moftet need yeah so if you would like it can just be the uh, the four of you in here as you get ready to speak with the spirit of the architect Chisisek uh, Sudi there yes. is one thing I want you to ask him what's that if there was anything different about the crystal that powered the sage from other clockwork creations. Okay. From what I understand of this ability, we'll be able to ask a number of questions. So, eight. Oh. I doubt Chisisek would know, but if he has any information about my ancestor, that would also be worth knowing. Uh, we'll see. The first thing we have to determine is where this flying pyramid is and how to either get to it or get it on the ground. 
Weren't we looking for a weapon? I could have sworn we were at one point looking for some like Shori defeating weapon. You are aware that there is also, you believe that the site known as the Slave Trenches of Hakatep uh, may right, right, have right. also been a weapon that was designed by Chisisek to fight against the Shore. Yeah, might yeah. be a giant rune inscribed upon the ground. And we might be able to use it against the Flying Pyramid if that's To the thing bring it to the ground, mm-hmm. yeah. So the four of you, and Narmer and Sugar, since I imagine you'll let Sugar out of her satchel and Narmer's. Oh, this sure. is one of her stories. Narmer's very excited for sure. Yeah, and armor is probably bouncing off the walls. Again, the the lot of you stand in this room. Again, this room you believe at one point was possibly used as some sort of seamstress or clothing maker, judging by the depressions in the floor that would have probably been used for vats of dye previously. These have now been filled with sand, and curtains have been placed over the windows here to provide a modicum of privacy to you. These are done in a variety of bright colors, primarily reds and orange. And as such, there's an almost disconcerting parallel between the light in this room and the light in the chamber where you face the Forgotten Pharaoh. As the sunlight streams in, hits these, and then turns red as it paints across portions of this room. That's not ominous or anything. (laughs) Sudi, you remove the covers from the sarcophagus and look down to see Chisisek's mummy, still fully wrapped, undisturbed, with a gold funerary mask covering his face, showing a slightly older visage. Although, much like Keona Reeves, the man appears to have never aged. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, Sudi slips on the, uh, the mask, allowing it to conform to his every features. Cool wash of metal across your face. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. As we'll ever be. All right. Sudi taps into the power of the mask and uh, casts Speak with Dead. Sudi, you focus, drawing upon the power. A green flame steadily outlines the edge of the mask. Sudi, you reach down, place a finger gently over the crossed hands of Chisiseg. The corpse stirs slightly, the mask moving somewhat. And a haunting, but for Sudi, familiar voice comes out, almost echoing beneath the mask. Hmm? This isn't my tomb. Oh God, where am I? Oh wait, no, I'm dead. Oh, that means you're speaking with me. You're speaking <laughs> with the dead. That. Speak with dead. How does that work? Yes, of course. You ask questions. We can all hear this, right? <laughs> Everyone can hear yeah, this. We can all hear this. <laughs> Citra is grinning. He's the best. <laughs> The reason just sec is the best. Um, I'm waiting right. attentively for your questions, oh mysterious beings from the future. <laughs> oh, oh I just went the other way around. Oh, what is your first question? <laughs> the pyramid of Hakatep, where the pharaoh is buried, now flies in the sky. How can we find it? Ah, yes, Hakatep's tomb. Oh God, that was a masterpiece. It's probably honestly my finest work, my pride and joy, really. Made his own changes, but generally speaking, he allowed me a great deal of free reign. You don't get that with a lot of people. I love him so much. He felt that my designs lacked a certain degree of, um, I would say maybe uh, cruelty might be the word for it, but uh, possibly just intimidation. There wasn't exactly a shock factor. I went for a little bit more of a a practical design. He liked the giant scorpion motif. Regardless, Ah. his tomb incorporated the same magic as his enemies used, the aromatic enfendibulum. 
To ensure his eternal rest was protected from thieves, his favorite guards, the Akumen, were to use the Kepsutanum to send his pyramid into the sky, where it would travel to the highest clouds and forever be unreached by tomb robbers. In the weeks after his death, they would have slaughtered his greatest generals and entombed them so that the Sky Pharaoh would have his armies with him also in the afterlife. But of course, I wasn't there for all of that, so I'm not entirely positive. So, generally speaking, uh, up. Up is the answer to your question where you will find it. His intelligence. I like his, I like his uh, verbosity, though. That's very helpful. Oh, my. As a side note, of course, you are aware of the Akumen from your previous vision, where you knew that those were his greatest warriors. Yes. The six of them that you saw in your previous vision. vision. You've never heard of Kepsutanum before, or what, how he would use the Kepsutanum to send his pyramid into the sky. Okay, we still need to know where it is. What, maybe what... As far as he knows, what terrestrial location was the, the the tomb to fly above? What location on the ground was the pyramid to fly above? The pyramid of Hakatep. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I, I, I thought you were possibly joking. Uh, the Sky Pharaoh is the Sky Pharaoh. Uh, as such, of course, all of Osirian belonged to him, being the pharaoh, but the sky part of it meant that all of the sky belonged to him, too. So he wouldn't confine himself to a single thing on the ground, being the sky pharaoh. As such, it would be carried by the winds, potentially anywhere. But, of course, the electrical currents that are created by the aromatic infidulum meets the air and moisture absorbed into it and creates a constant storm that swirls around it as it flies to the sky. Okay, so... Wait... So there's a, a constant storm? storm surrounding the pyramid. Uh, Ivan Abendago? Uh, I thought that for a second too, but no, that was a separate event. Uh, Ask him what that Kepsutata the, the, the thing is. Maybe that will help us figure out. Or what the Aromancy blah, 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 blah thing is. Ooh, two questions down. I wonder how many you get. Maybe that will help Kepsutana. us figure out how the pyramid flies. What is or was the Kepsutanum? Ah, yes, the Kepsutanum, possibly my greatest work. Although, actually, I say that a great deal of my works, but honestly, I would say that every single one of my works is my greatest work until I finish my next work. So, the Kepsutanum, which I never actually finished, so I guess it might not actually count, is the earthworks that I designed for Hakatep to enhance and magnify the effects of the aromatic infidulum. From there, the Akoman could set Hakatep's tomb to flight. Had we finished the construction, of course. Although, obviously, Hakatep would have probably finished the construction after I was dead. I did leave copious notes that assuming that they followed them to the letter means it would work perfectly. Regardless, though, Hakatep could even actually have used that to pull story cities down from the sky, as it is capable of locking onto anything using the aromatic infidulum across an infinite distance and dragging them to it before crashing it into the earth. Ask him how we use it to bring the pyramid down. How does it <laughs> work? where is it? That's I'm the, sure the it's slave the slave trenches. trenches. Yeah. Just making sure. Well, he wouldn't call them the slave trenches because it wouldn't have been called that. Probably not. Um, how does one use the Kapsutanum? Ah, I'm supposing then that you're attempting to bring down, judging by the line of questioning here, that you're attempting to bring down the pyramid. God, he's so much more chatty than most people when you speak Thank with them dead. I love him so Okay, much. so this makes a lot of sense. Normally speaking, I'd probably be opposed to this, although I'm going to assume that you have a great deal of probably good reason for figuring this out. Hmm. Hmm. Well, actually, I'm pretty well compelled to answer this question, so I will. The <laughs> Kepsutanum is the key to this. You see, 
The Hakatep's pyramid is warned against divination and even observation. The sky turns it travels are unknown even to me, yet what was used to send it to the heavenward can of course be used to bring it back down. You can use its magic, the magic of the Kepsutano, to call back the tomb and then bring it to the ground. You can then focus the elemental energy of the Kepsutanum Secrefears on the aromatic Infidulum with Hakatep's pyramid. You won't have to even reach it, you can actually bring the tomb down to the earth. Of course, there's a great deal that you'd need to know pertaining towards the Secrefear as well as their order. Yes, please! <laughs> instructions, just What do we sec. need to know about the Secrefears? <laughs> what are the instructions for using the Secrefears? What do we need to know about the Secrefear to utilize them with the Kepsutanum? Ah, so the Kepsutanum is much more than ditches and mounds of earth. Hundreds of obelisks, each containing a bound elemental spirit, oh. adorn the paths of the Kepsutanum. Along with these stand the 11 great monuments, each of which are infused with the spirit of a particularly powerful elemental. These 11 monuments are the Secrefears, and they must be activated in the proper order between the hours of dawn and noon on a single day to focus their energies upon the Sun Disk Plaza, which can then in turn be used to call down any floating object using aromatic infundulum, including Hakatep's tomb. Hollis is taking copious notes. And then, of course, they would probably need to be activated in the correct order. What is the correct order, and how do you activate them? I can see why they gave us eight questions, because good God. Which one of those is your first question? He said between noon and uh, Between dusk? sunrise and noon. Sunrise and noon, same yeah. day. Uh, so it's what What order do the... How do you activate them, or what order, I guess? Which, which one's your question? How do we activate them first? How do we uh, correctly so... activate them? <laughs> how do you correctly activate the Sacrophears? to configure them to bring down the pyramid? Ah, good question. Took some time, but good question. So, before any of the Secrefears can be activated, you must rouse the Kepsutanum from its slumber. For after so long of a time, the magic that empowers it has certainly gone dormant. I'm going to assume a very long period of time has passed. Your Osiriani is touchy. The source of the Secrefears' power is found within a complex on the northern side of the earthworks called the Terra Minute. Once you've awakened the Kepsutanum, you can seek out the chamber of the Secrefears within a second complex on the eastern reaches of the trenches, the Secrefrenet. From there, it's a simple matter of anointing the Secrefear symbols in the proper order with unholy or holy water. Hmm. Simple, right? What is the correct order to activate the simple Secrefears? Uh, to configure it to bring down the pyramid. Ah, each of the Secrefears is associated with one of the gods of Osirian, whose teachings in one way or another influenced Hakatep's work on the Kepsutanum. They must be activated in the following specific order, once again, between dawn and noon, on the same day, by anointing them with holy or unholy water. The order in question being Horus, Ta, Isis, Ra, Kepri, Osiris, Sobek, Ma'at, Sekhmet, Toth, and then finally Set. I'll copy and paste this for you later. I swear okay, to God. good, because I was like, God, he's speaking fast. <laughs> Copious Once notes. you've activated all 11 in this specific order, the sun disk can then be used to call down Hakatep's pyramid. Assuming, of course, that you know how to activate the sun disk. How do we activate the gosh darn sun disk? All right, disc? That's our, this is our last question. We can't oh, we do wait. this again. We can do this again in a week. Well, that's too long. How do we activate every piece 
necessary to bring the pyramid to the ground. Ah, I apologize. I must have been getting a little bit too complicated there. So, let me take it a step back then. There are these things, they're called the sacrifiers. You're going to go to each of these individual sacrifiers. So first, you're going to make your way to the one of Horus, and then you're going to anoint it with holy or unholy water. Then, you're going to go to the one of Ta. Then, he continues through the entire list of this. It takes about another four or five minutes as he intricately <laughs> goes through them. Well, he's got to get to Finally, that. Finally, once you have activated all 11 of these, you will make your way to the sun disk. You need to only, only to use the Pharaoh's key in the center stone of the sun disk. Finding the Pharaoh's key will be the trick, but it should lie within the complex called the Akuminet near the sun disk. Okay. Assuming it hasn't been robbed by grave robbers in the intervening thousands of years. Sure, Although sure. that's highly unlikely considering the horrifying dangers guarding the place. Mm, anyway, it's been a pleasant conversation. Thanks. We'll talk again in a week because I still have 800 more questions. <laughs> Tedasaurus says hi. <laughs> Tedasaurus says hi. The spirit falls silent. Masika looks slightly crestfallen. I like him. He seems like he was very energetic. Anybody understand any of that? Because that was very confusing. I mean, oh, I absolutely notes. understood every single part of it. What? How? Sense motive. <laughs> <laughs> With my advanced mechanical brain. Well, I hope someone was taking notes because that was a lot. Hollis wrote uh, everything down. I, I, got, I got some of it, but not all of it. So the very long <laughs> story short of what you have determined here is that to bring down the Sky Pyramid, you need to go to the Kepsutanum a.k.a. the Slave Trenches of Hakatep, because, of course, they didn't call that that back then. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You then need to activate it by... Do we go to one order. building and activate the Kepsitanum, then we have to go to another building to activate correct. the pillars. Then we have yes. to anoint the pillars with holy water in the correct order. Then we have correct. to go to the sun disk, and hopefully near the sun disk, in a building nope. near the sun disk, is Get the, the key. key first. Key and first. And then... We use the key to activate the sun disk, and that should bring the pyramid down. Yeah, but you got to get the key first because you only have between a yes. certain amount of time. Yes, between sunrise and noon. Mm -hmm. Which means that on the average day you have between five and six hours. Yeah, which means that. Uh, and we're gonna have to probably fight every single thing that's guarding this place while we do it. Well, he just yeah. said incredible dangers. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think I, I feel like I need to ask him in another session. So what <laughs> what are these in incredible dangers? Yeah, I know like we were said we we're going to take this back to Tedasura, but I'm kind of like, Tedasura, can we just hold on to him? We have to take him back. We promised her we would. I know, Sudi would too, too. But there's there's so many questions that I feel like he could answer, including is Norma well, we can always go back. It's not like we don't know where he is. I guess that's true. The only information that you did miss was asking about the dangers of the place. Mm -hmm. And mind you, of course, he wouldn't necessarily know what dangers are all there anyway. It's been thousands of years. Yeah, but Masika really wants to ask him about Narmer's gym because it's obvious that it's different than any other clockwork thing. It's true. I'm very special. Okay, the river that flows from Sothis. Does it flow from Sothis down to Wati or from Wati no, up to Sothis? No, other way around. It flows the other way. Wati up to Sothis. Mm -hmm. Is your question right now how you get to the slave trenches? Is that what you're trying to figure out? Yep, that's. I was like, if we could take the river, that would be rad, but if it doesn't go the right direction. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge geography. That's something I have some ranks in. Mm. Nope, I rolled a four for an eight. Okay, I get a 21, sugar helps me, a 23. I rolled a four. Hollis, thinking about this, you know where the slave trenches of Hakatep are. Uh, They're located almost at the headwaters, um, not of the Sphinx River, but that is the Crook River. So to reach them, the 
easiest way would be either you could travel straight south from where you are across the open desert. It would be somewhat time consuming and a little bit difficult to get to there. And you would also have to find a way to cross the river. Mm -hmm. You can also, if you were to teleport to say Tefu or Wati, you could take a ship up river traveling all the way until you get to the Oxjaw Falls near Otet. Okay, that's what I was thinking we would do. Those waterfalls, unfortunately, make it impossible for a boat to get up. So you'd have to disembark there, and then you could continue to follow the river until you'd have to eventually branch off from that, make your way to the south. Uh, Not that far, honestly, only about 20 or 30 miles before arriving at the slave trenches. I think we stick with our current plan, then. We leave tomorrow to take Chisisek back to his tomb and then head to the Merchant Oasis to drop off Nima and then teleport to Sothis to get what gear and everything we can, and then we'll head to the Slave Trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a reminder, because I'm pretty sure Hollis made this role previously, uh, Hollis, you are aware that the Slave Trenches of Hakatep are known to be basically a gold mine as far as archeological discovery is concerned. Mm. That being said, it is an untapped gold mine. No archaeological expedition there has ever survived. Most say that they are turned around, uh, turned away by a mysterious figure that resides within the slave trenches. Any who have ever opposed them, none have survived to tell the tale of it. Oh, great. So, <laughs> so that means the key is probably still there. Hopefully. Yeah, it means the like, odds are the key's there. The key is probably there, but additionally, I bet the Church of Nethys and Sothis would want to fund such an expedition. Hmm. But who would we want to send aside from ourselves, though? It'll be us, but maybe they'll, like, give us stuff. Hey, hey you guys want to give us 200,000 gold so we can go do this? I will allow mm-hmm. wisdom check from the entire party. Oh, okay. I got a 12. I roll a 6 for an 11. Masika rolls an 18, which gets her a 25. Go, Masika. I rolled a 19 for a 20. Okay. I'll give this to both of you. One, because Masika's having to extrapolate from what she knows, but Citra's moving from, or using actual information that she possesses. You have no idea whom in the Church of Nethys are members of the Sacrosant Order of the Blue Feather. Yep. And what would happen if you made them aware of you again? Yep. Let alone on the, we're making an expedition here. Oh, also ignore this cool mask thing. Oh, right, that we the may mask. Have. It's, yeah, it's the mask that's a big oh, issue. But the Hatya in Tefu was like, chill enough? Maybe we could like She will arrest us on site. No, she said we would just have to ask before we came in. I I just, I think we should just keep everyone else out of it like we have been the re- entire rest of this Yeah, campaign. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> Plus we've done pretty good by ourselves. Yes, Masika is going <laughs> to use her uh, automatic writing uh, ability from her uh, wandering spirit it takes me 10 minutes, and i it's basically a divination spell of 90% effective, effectiveness. Okay. Basically, I, I want to know if the if we will find the pharaoh's key at the slave trenches of Hakatep. I think you can only ask for something that's a week within happening or something like that, so that might be So we'll see what it tells me. I can do this twice a day, every day. So, I mean, it is supposed to only happen within one week, so we might not... It might not work, but I can try it again later. Gets into an interesting gray area because you have failed previous checks to attempt to do something akin to this because the ability of you to do it within a week was impossible. However, mm-hmm. with Hollis's magic, it's not actually impossible for you to Ooh. set out immediately, get there, and attempt to accomplish it in a week. 
Mm-hmm. So I think using the literal interpretation of the wordings, which is my favorite way of reading rules. Okay. Oh, well, let's see. It's within 90% effectiveness automatically because of the writing. Basically, Masika meditates for 10 minutes, enters a trance, and basically ghostwrites. Hmm. And the writing is divination with a 90% effectiveness. You close your eyes, focus on the weird powers that you gain from being a, uh, a shaman. Open your mind to the spirits. All the rest of you just kind of watch Masika as she's over there doing this as all the rest of you are probably contemplating, you know, what's our next step or what will we do or how exactly are we going to approach this? After 10 minutes, Masika, you open your eyes to see in your own handwriting on the sheet of paper, if you can destroy the tribeater and survive the curse of the Akuman, the Pharaoh's key waits in his vault. So uh, okay. when we talk to Chisisek again, we need to ask him if he knows anything about a curse. What was it called? The curse of the Akuman. Hmm. <laughs> any of that ring any bells? Well, I mean, the Akuman's the thing. Yeah, the bodyguards yeah. of Hakatep. Mm. Okay, the cur- but would we know about like a curse of the Akuman? Possibly not, because it might have been put in last minute. Hmm. They're the jumpy guys from the mummy. Yes, pretty much. That is not a famous statement, as in like any person who slays an Akuman will be cursed or anything like that. Um, so it's probably specific to maybe their burial rites if they were buried inside of this place. Okay. He might know something just because he knew Hakatep. I mean, if nothing else, we could ask what was planned as defenses. Well, and now we also know that Chisisek died before Hakatep because he said he wasn't there when the pyramid was raised. I, I believe you'd that. already known that. I, I but we, we already knew that. Yeah. yeah, we knew that. But I guess for now, we just need to take him back to his tomb. All right. Well, I guess sleep first. And somehow get it back in the bag. Oh, that's not the problem now. So they like re- we repack everything. Sudi gets big again, shoves it in the bag. You know. So yeah. You know, Narmer kind of leans over the edge of the sarcophagus. Are you okay, Narmer? I feel like a mission something. Like if you could just wake up and tell me. Well. Anyway, it's what it is. No, it's not what it is. Ugh. Masika is obviously frustrated as she goes and flops down. <laughs> it's really cool getting a chance to talk with you, Chishashek. You seem like you had some really fun ideas. It'd be really neat if you were like a ghost and you could help us out, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. <laughs> it seems like you died a death free of regrets. <laughs> we could all be so lucky and also to have an awesome tomb. That'd be pretty cool too. Anyway, I'm sure that there's uh, various brothers and sisters of mine probably guarding every square inch of this place. So I look forward to seeing them. Hmm. I don't think they're going to be friendly. Mm, certainly not. Anyway, I think we should all rest up and then we can backtrack as we need. <laughs> I suppose then you all settle in. Yep. Rest up for the evening. Sudi, you again sleep somewhat fitfully. Masika, your rest is not it's not probably as restful as it usually is either. With all these thoughts kind of going through your head, there's that odd... Uh, I'm sure it comes to you every once in a while, but there's the odd sensation, knowledge, I guess, that Narmer is always up and always thinking. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's sitting there contemplatively staring out a window and then you like wake up in the middle of the night and he's still sitting there and then you wake up again. He's like, not an hour's just contemplating how many grains of sand there are. And you can't tell if he's lying to you. He's amazing at it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Citra, once during the night, you wake up with a start. You don't remember why. 
The following morning, all of you gather together for breakfast. Hollis looks around and says, All right, I've been thinking about this curse. And I've been thinking about the only person in this party that is cursed. She looks at Citra. What if your brother was somehow involved in this curse? Or like Nahamra, ancient old Nahamra, somehow part of this curse? I don't know. I put my string board back away. (laughs) I mean, I've always thought that it had something to do with his strange passing. Because what if it's like the first born of your line, right? Because it was the older brother. So like throughout all of the Nahamras, did your dad have an older sibling? I mean, as far as I know, yes. Did they die a weird way and turn into a specter and float off? I think I would have remembered my father telling me a yeah, story. Yeah, if it was like, like that. a family curse like that, you think that would be pretty common knowledge throughout the family line. Yep, that'd probably be something that they talk about over every candle mosh. In my family, it's always been just talked about that, that there's just this overarching curse, which is why we tend to fall on hard times at every few generations. But there were never any really specifics. Just this floating. I don't know how to describe it. Just it, it, it was always looming over us. Mm-hmm. Or oh, it sounds like a Mashika's husband's curse. He's cursed? He's <laughs> not cursed. What? Why is everybody cursed? One of his shocks mysteriously disappears every once in a while. That sounds That's like a new curse. That's you. Yeah, it is me. <laughs> I was trying to build a shock golem. There's no <laughs> such thing as a sock golem. Not Anything's a golem if you animate it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's vaguely man-shaped, like me. <laughs> You're fish-shaped. I've got legs. You have flippers. Well, you got flippery legs. I'm vaguely man-shaped. Well, anyway, that's what I was thinking about. I guess I'm going to go turn the cat back into a moftet, and then we can set out. Sounds good. I'm yeah. going to make There's a chariot. There is a bark from sugar where it's just... More likely than not, this curse is probably something tied into just the defenses of this place. It's probably oh. like if you open up this tomb, you'll be followed by these Aku men or something. Well, what if Nahamra opened up the tomb back in the day? It's perfectly possible. He did, after all, already break into Hakatep's tomb. I think breaking anyone else's tomb would be kind of just adding a little insult to Indra. Mm. Thrones in the family. Oh, wait, I can't hear. Yeah, well, I'm just sitting over here. <laughs> you don't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, maybe it's a, t- a trespassing in tombs thing, right? Because Nahamra trespassed in a tomb. Your brother trespassed in a tomb and then died. Maybe you have to die. Hmm. I just feel like there's something there. Well, that doesn't bode well for me. I pass a caster level check against myself to break enchantment this mob tent. <laughs> so I suppose all of you finish eating your breakfast. Uh, you release the mob tent that you had polymorphed from her polymorph state. After a brief discussion with Rayu, she refuses to recant her previous allegiance to his traitorous son. Hmm. At which point, they inform her that she is banished back into the desert, and that if she ever returns back to the Sightless Sphinx, that she will be treated as an outsider. She casts a hate-filled glance towards uh, the four of you for her downfall, mostly Masika. Such a glares at her. Sudi just looks disappointed. This uh, banished Moftet is not going the same direction as we are, correct? Correct. <laughs> okay. As and far I as we know. guess we set out for Chisisek's yeah, tomb and Tedesura's domain. So 
if it is pertinent. I don't know how many people Hollis can take with her when she teleports. Oh, let me check. Remember, Sudi can go in a bag. Because you will have to pass by the Merchant's Oasis to even get anywhere close back to where you, Merchisisek's tomb was. Well, I guess we can stop at the Merchant's Oasis first, and then... But the thing is, Masika's not going to leave her... Cam- I guess she could leave the camels at the Merchant's Oasis. One additional creature per three caster levels. I'm 12th level, so four. So me and four other people. Yep. All right, so I guess Masika's going to send a sending to her husband, tell him yep. that we rescued uh, Nima, and we're on our way back to the Merchant's Oasis. And then, you know, I love you, see you soon. Did we need to follow up with with Falto again? It's only been like a day and a half. We'll follow up Falto when we get to the Merchant's Oasis. Okay. You get a grunt for a reply. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 and A, be careful. If only he knew the kind of shenanigans we've been having. <laughs> if he knew the kind of shenanigans we'd been having, he wouldn't let Masika go on this other adventure. You get back. It's you're true. like four levels higher than him. And you're just like, okay, little man. <laughs> I mean, Masika's not going to say that. Well, Masika wouldn't, but Heather might. He just worries about her. But yeah, so Sara responds back with a grunt telling you to be safe. He doesn't tell you to be safe. You can just interpret that from the grunt. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a man of few words. A man of few words. All right, oh. so if my estimate is correct, uh, since you can take a straight route back instead of taking the zigzaggy way that you did previously, you should be able to reach the Merchant's Oasis in five days. So I suppose you guys set off? So you set off into the desert. You make your way south and east, not following the like U pattern that you did previously, where you're just like, okay, well, we'll make our way over, and then we'll check out the Serenite Temple, and then we'll kind of do like a little circle around thing, and then we'll come over here and we'll meet the Moftet, and then we'll go over there and we'll fight Sudi's arch enemy, the Shaitan Genie, and then we'll come back over here, and then we'll go back up there. So instead of the long wandering path, you make a straight shot towards the Merchant's Oasis. Days pass as you travel through the desert, navigating over stretches of wide, soft sand, giving way to hard-packed earth, giving way to rocky badland, giving way back again to wide swaths of soft sand, giving way to high dunes as you make your way further and further south and east. Until finally, after five total days of travel, on the distant horizon, you can see a lightning and a actual not mirage as you've been dealing with those this entire time but instead approach the wide oasis known as the merchant's oasis nice my is my tribe here uh your people are still here as well as a variety of different other people (laughs) various other tribes travelers merchants making their way from the larger cities to the east to the even larger cities to the west traveling through here again you're in that You're on that edge of the parched dunes where people are willing to go. Once you approach the Merchant's Oasis as it's close enough to the Pillars of the Sun that people feel comfortable coming here. As opposed to where you were before in the heart of the parched dunes where it's just desolate and no water source. Even though this is Pathfinder First Edition where a single first level cleric could make an infinite amount of water. (laughs) Ah, second edition solving that problem. Was it a problem? Desert's more dangerous. It was a problem anytime that you wanted to run a desert survival story or uh, we're traveling on a boat and we need to stop to get fresh water. And then one person's like, I'm a cleric. Infinite fresh water. Yep. 
This seems like and a solution, you, not a problem. Well, it seems like a solution <laughs> unless you're trying to come up with a fun story and forcing people to go to an island to get to supplies. Well, uh, I guess so making it a little bit more difficult. You better have a different story hook. Or you fix the system. <laughs> so you make your way into the Merchant's Oasis. Again, here you can see the variety of different people. Most of them, despite the fact that cat folk and crazy cowboy woman and all of your oddity riding in on a magical chariot. That's being pulled Honestly, by Narmers, by the way. Are we still doing that? No, they're just normal camel things now. Oh, okay. Honestly, it doesn't even seem to draw much attention from most people here cool. as they just That's go about odd. their business. Well, again, there's a there's such a wide variety of people here where it's just like, okay, here's... Desert giants here sometimes and Yeah, there's some desert giants and... walking by and mm-hmm. desert dwarves. And <laughs> you guys are not the weirdest thing here. Mm, nice. Eventually, I suppose you navigate your way until, Masika, you arrive at your people's camp. Nima, seeing the other two wise women of the camp, rushes forward as the three women embrace. Your husband makes his way over, glances over your compatriots, grunts and inclines his head. You made good time. Well, you know, magic chariots. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Things are quiet. Well, I, th- I think we got rid of the cult. In the desert, at least. We killed both of their leaders and a bunch of cultists. Is it bad that I lost count? No, there were so many and they all looked the same. They also exploded so we couldn't count the bodies. It's true. As a side note, everyone, uh, suicide cults are a terrible thing and you should never yeah. join them. Yeah. No, no, don't join don't, cults don't do that. Don't join cults in general, just speaking. But yeah. if you do have to join yeah. a cult, Not try something like the cult. Blue Oyster Cult or something. <laughs> don't fear the Reaper. That's all I got. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, has anybody else had enough of cultists? I feel like we've just been fighting cultists this entire time. It's good to be done with I'm them. I'm not from here, but Osirian seems to just be littered with cultists. You're just lousy with them. I mean, technically speaking, Mashika and Shitra are both cultish too. Technically. Those were like established religions. Yeah. It's kind of like if you worship Aroden, you're part of a cult now. Yeah, but Aroden doesn't give magic powers anymore. All right, well, anyway, Masika grabs her husband's hand. I will see all of you later. Oh, they're going to go do it. Uh, <laughs> Sudi nod, nod sagely. Yes, yes. I wish I, too, could see my girlfriend. I could teleport you back to Wati tonight. Okay. Speaking of which, Sudi quickly tries to author a, a uh, letter and find some way to get it to her. Be like, by the way, I, we went into this pyramid and didn't die. Can I hang out with you, Gash? Let Narmer hang out with you so he doesn't have to witness that. I want to hang out with you, Shooty. Okay, I'm going to break out team. Does Nana have a necklace that matches yours? If not, he needs one. I'll do that the next time we're out in the desert. In the meantime, I'm just going to perch over your shoulder and I'll correct your handwriting. Oh, that would be very helpful. I have an autocorrect feature. (laughs) Oh, God, he's Clippy! (laughs) No! I don't change the words. I just slap you with a fin anytime they're wrong. <laughs> That's how Mashika's sending spells are so good. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, Narmer. Sudi appreciates this. You're not I mean, here. It's not you like can't he can actually me. hurt Sudi, so, you know, DR2 and all. Is sending an, a, an arcane spell, or is it just... Sending is actually a sorcerer wizard spell. It's just a fifth level one for sorcerers and wizards, oh, but a fourth level one for divine casters. Could I pick up a scroll of that and then learn it? 
Uh, you can purchase anything here worth less than, I think it's 15,000. So I think Which yes. should be this scroll. 1,125 gold. You have that much? Yeah. Okay. All of you, I imagine, make yourselves as comfortable as possible. Again, this is the first civilization. This is the first creature comforts that you've really received, other than the small gatherings, which again were, in the case of the catfolk, I think that there were about 40 of them. In the case of Moftet, I believe that there were about 15. Yeah. So this is the first getting back to a large group, being able to make yourselves comfortable. The three wise women come and uh, find all of you. I guess you explained that Masika's taken off. They just all nod sagely. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you understand that all of you will be staying and they'll be uh, taking care of you. That's fine. In repayment for your assistance in rescuing one of their own, as well as helping to deal with this entire situation. They set you all up with an extraordinarily comfortable pavilion tent. Very nice. Uh, can I get a little tiny brush for my chicken? Eat? Yes. Ah, excellent. It's usually used for uh, teacup pigs, which they carry right now. I don't know <laughs> what they usually use them for. I spend the evening pampering sugar. I get her a new carrier that's like plush and like sand, sand free for now. Okay. I suppose you make yourselves as, uh, as comfortable as possible for today. Um, I believe Hollis is running out to go and pick up a new scroll. Yep, and then I'll spend some time learning the scroll. Spend the night writing the scroll, since you can only inscribe one scroll per night. That's fine. And then I'll groom Sugar and give her the bed, I promise. So can Sudi talk with Chisisek tomorrow? You said it was a week. Two days. Two days. Because you guys have been traveling that long. You've already traveled for Uh, five total days, so if you wait for two days, you'd actually be able to speak to Chisisek again. Oh, right. Is everybody okay with spending two days at the Merchant's Oasis? If we're teleporting everywhere else, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. (laughs) I like that Masika's making that as an excuse. Can spend two days with her husband. It'd be nice. Yeah, and explain everything that happened. And, oh, yeah, apparently I've got to go pull this pyramid out of the sky. It's fine. You know, no big deal. (laughs) Don't breathe a word of it. Yeah. Uh, Sightless Sphinx. Yeah. So actually don't tell him any of that. Like going to pyramid. I can't talk about what happened in there, but uh, we got a friend out of it. Yeah. And that's what's important. I don't even know if we're allowed to mention that it exists. We went to an isolated archaeological site, and mm-hmm. that is yeah. all we get to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. We hope yeah, it was right. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess we'd contact Falto, either Yay, one of Falto. us. Yes, like, please. Hey. Maybe you'll have more luck, Hollis. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fine. You all rest again for the evening. Again, that deep, that decompression after this long, long adventure that you've just gone on, knowing that you have a long adventure ahead of you. The following day, Sudi going out and you know, meditating, and I imagine, especially because I believe Sudi is the youngest in the party still, correct? I believe so. Yeah. I was 17 when this started. Yeah. You know, having the opportunity to actually go out, and then there's, you know, some teenagers and, you know, other people here, and actually getting to enjoy time wandering around and talking with some people, and there's a ball for you to kick around and so Sudi's out there basically playing the Galarian equivalent of soccer with some kids outside and probably being amazing at it. <laughs> I, I was gonna say with my uh, 22 strength and my 21 charisma or constitution I probably run circles around them. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Sudi seems the fair play type. Like I'll take my belt off I am off definitely for this. gonna be like, say <laughs> Sudi is the fair play type but like it's hard to control like how much you can just like well, you can take the hold belt back. Yeah. So what was that? Um, oh, that crazy like kung fu soccer movie. 
Shaolin soccer. Shaolin soccer. That's what it was. <laughs> Why do you know this soccer. exists, dude? Yes, so he's, he's doing ridiculous. some Shaolin soccer, <laughs> flying, kicking the ball in the air. <laughs> yep. So you got Sudi off of uh, playing some soccer with some people and everything else, doing dramatic dives. At one point, he like topples off and falls into the oasis. You know, and everyone's laughing. It's a good-natured thing. And then, you know, he's trying all the new local cuisine. It's, it's the beach episode, right? Sudi's participating in the beach episode. Yeah, Sudi's off in the background having some fun. Masika would see her mother and her sister. Masika goes, sees mother and sis- sister, and meets back up with Sage and talks about all the stuff that she's learned in the intervening time, at the very least, pertaining towards Chisisek and Narmer's origins and all the rest of this that you've kind of pieced together a bit more during your time out in the desert now. Actually get to spend some time with Nusair and he's not just running around killing things the entire time. Yeah, I was going to say, and Hollis is off with Sarathet, so Citra's kind of all by her lonesome. I'm not off with anyone. I'm just, I mean, I'm here in the tent with Sarathet. I imagine Hollis is still spending a lot of time with Sarathet kind of catching up. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But we would definitely play some uh, some Senate if you want to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Some Senate. Maybe Citra goes out there, plays a little soccer with Sudi. Again, the original two doorkeepers that are still going, you know. I was going to say, you're more dexterous than I am, so I imagine you're doing the cool, like, uh, leg maneuvers and stuff that that soccer players do that are always, like, tricking people up. I figure Citra also does some art while she's she's there and having some casual time. Draw some art and all the rest of that stuff. Mm. (laughs) I also just finished describing her scroll so she can uh, send a sending spell. Do you have wording for that? Here we go. Charcoal rubbings of what? <laughs> when are you coming to Oasis? We have to shoot Pyramid out of the sky. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Citra says hi and bye. <laughs> He will never be able to answer wow. that in 25 <laughs> words. I guarantee no. it. <laughs> I asked him a very specific question, and then I just told him some That cool was stuff. amazing. Well, two well very done, specific questions. <laughs> We've got to shoot a pyramid out of the sky. It's going to awesome. be freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she then kind of feels like releasing all these elementals, because that's really sad, and she doesn't like it. Rick's got to compose Falto's poetic words. That always yeah. gets cut off at the end. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does it on purpose. Mm-hmm. As it's in funny. Rick does it on purpose. I think Falto would legitimately cut it off every time just because he's not aware of how many words he has, despite how many times we've told him. To be him. fair, you'd have to think <laughs> in advance. Yeah, yeah. He, he counts it out in like Taldane, and then he when he switches it to Assyrian, it's got like extra words. <laughs> oh, that's exactly oh, that what That would probably explain it actually really well. <laughs> Which I'm like, why don't you just do it in Taldane? Citra speaks it. <laughs> oh, I definitely sent it in Taldane because he understands that. So that's what I sent it in. Falto responds, like a duck. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not heading back to Oasis. Oh. Found my father. Oh. Oh. On my oh. way to Wati. Oh. Something terrible is happening in on. Oh. Drawings. Oh. All right. He, he made charcoal rubbings of drawings. So maybe for you, we didn't answer the question of who that's for, but at least you know what it is. He's going to on because something bad's happening there. You think that's going to have anything to do with us? But we need to go to Chisisek's tomb, and then we need to go to Sothis, and then we need to go to Wati to catch a boat. I mean, depending on where he is in the desert, you might be able to do all of that before he can cross the it's desert true. to get back to Wati. <laughs> when we get close, like when we get to Wati, we'll essentially be like, yo, dog, you here? 
more or less. From what you understand from when he left the uh, Black Fane, it's almost been two weeks. Hmm. So depending on what direction he was going, he might be somewhere back in the area of Tefu or on, or Tefu Wati or on to begin with. But hmm. I'll prepare another sending spell and I'll send a follow up. I can't believe he found his father. Do you want me to ask him anything else? Because like we're not going anywhere today, so I could. You can just chat with him all day. Maybe ask him if he's okay, because I know that his father's a bit of a rough spot. Okay. What's happening in on? Yes, I've got 25 words. Masika says as she walks by. <laughs> you okay? Where are you now? What is happening in on? We'll be going through Wati in a little while. Citra says hi and bye. <laughs> I had five words left, so I did the same thing. <laughs> Do you love him? Should I be saying Citra loves you and stuff? We haven't exchanged those words yet. All right, fine. Probably best to do that in person. Yes. Not through a sending Not through spell. Hollis. <laughs> Not through Hollis. I mean, unless this turns into like a crocodile Dundee thing where, you know, that she yells it, you know, across the subway, you know, between the construction worker and the, you know, whatever. Fair. I haven't seen that movie since it was the 90s. I love Crocodile Dundee. It is another one of those... Do you like, love it more than quote Waterworld? unquote bad movies. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a great movie. But it I is actually Crocodile good, but Waterworld is not. It it does have some uh, iffy moments of transphobia, maybe. Oh, gross, gross. Don't that I, I yeah kind of skip through. That's why I don't watch things again. Falso <laughs> responds back. Dad's a little unstable. Mm. Not like I remember hunting an evil pharaoh, kind of like you. I'm okay. Should be near Wati in the next few. I swear to God. <laughs> Hollis sends another spell. This I think. <laughs> I have three fifth level spells, so I'll send one more. Rick, Rick is Rick is literally rubbing his eyes with. Please don't make me do more of these. <laughs> and I'll just be like, when? When it's edited, it's gonna sound great. Yeah, it's gonna be it really is, fun. but for now, so much dead air. Which pharaoh? Is that what's happening in On? When will you be in Wati? Citra misses you. <laughs> Hope all's well. Falto responds. Mm. Dad keeps saying, messenger of the dark. Oh, that's bad. In On, nights filled with screams so loud, no one can sleep. Should be in Wati next week. <laughs> Great. We got all the information. Oh my God, we got it all. It only <laughs> took three times. Uh, do I recognize that epithet? Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me an ultra religion that is there, which I think is you and Citra. Yeah, me and Citra. Mm. Uh, I rolled a 13 for a 35. With a 35? Specifically, no. Unspecifically, amongst the, at points, literally hundreds of titles for the Dark God and Arlethotep are the Crawling Chaos, the God of a Thousand Forms, Stalker Among the Stars, the Black Pharaoh, the Faceless God, Messenger of the Outer. Well, Black Pharaoh, I guess that's out. Although it is not, it is notable that some of these epithets are not direct references to Narlathotep, mm. so much as there are numerous fragments of Narlathotep that, in essence, serve as his herald. Oh. The Haunter of the Dark, or possibly this messenger? Well, he could also just be going after a herald, but still, 
that seems bad. And and on at night, there are screams so loud people can't sleep. That's very strange. That's and I very bad. Are we? Do you want me to send any other messages? I can prepare more of them tomorrow. We could message anybody you want. As he didn't mention anything about Tefu, so I'm assuming that my parents are okay right now. Hmm. I'll just I I might have you send them a message and say stay in Tefu. Which I don't know why they would leave. So never mind. I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> Other than well, and the Hachia said that she'd watch over your parents. So I, yes, so they should be fine. Little do we know, he keeps talking afterward and just doesn't realize <laughs> that it's true. half does. his message hasn't gone through. Yeah, I do want you to know that I do miss you, Citra, and I am very much looking forward to when we get back. I was thinking that whenever we get done with all of this, we could go and make our way to, I don't know, someplace, someplace nice and green. There's some beautiful fields in the southern portions of Taldors where the hunting dogs roam free. They have amazing <laughs> little dogs. They're kind of like short squat. They're pretty long, but they have tiny little legs. They call them corgis. So once we get done here, I'm going to take you to Taldor. We'll get you a corgi. It'll be, what do you mean I only get 25 words? <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine Citra with a little corgi pet? Oh I just my gosh, say I love this idea. I need to see this. That, like, Azaz is just watching him, like, that's way more than five. <sighs> You're so dumb. <laughs> like, why are we friends? Why, why do we do this? And Kelru is just trying not to die of laughter. <laughs> Kelru's just grinning. He's enjoying every minute of it. Slow down, friends. Slow down. <laughs> I just burn. Let me just burn all my fifth level spells for the day. Now I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> you only get 25 words. 25 words, friend. 25 words. <laughs> uh, worth it. I'm pleased. Hey, at least also, I finally dang. got a complete thought out of him. Uh, when are we going to go back to the Fated Tales? Because now I really want to pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and find out what the Teaser. heck we know. Yeah. I want to go to some town where apparently people are screaming so loud no one can sleep. <laughs> Only in Pathfinder does that sound really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I guess the next morning, we'll talk to Chisisek one more time before teleporting him back. You spend the uh, the evening enjoying yourselves purchasing whatever you feel that you might need to purchase for the uh, the next leg of your journey here. Hollis is just waiting until Sothis, because that's where you buy the big guns. Oh yeah, Masika's given the mech to the tribe. Okay, cool. Masika teaches someone how to use this thing on one and of the recommends days that, we're here. that somebody learn make whole. <laughs> her, husband her husband is who she teaches. Oh, he's probably too big. He's so too small. Big, he's a big man. He fit. Yeah. He's so small it reduces his strength. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he suddenly just became Chuck Norris. Oh my god. Sorry, it's just a AD and D when it's just like, well, I rolled an 18 over uh, 100. You know, 100 strength, and it's like, oh, here's this belt of strength 17, and it's like, great, I put this on and I'm weaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I suppose before you set out, you all gather back together. In some dank, you know, some dark place to. Un- I'm inside your tent, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, we have a pavilion. Pull out the sarcophagus, open it up again, just sex mask stares up at you. Suda, you place on the mask. You yep. activate it. Green fire streams around the edges of the mask. Place a hand on him. The body stirs. Back again. Oh, what did I, what was it? Ah, I guess it's been a week. Is this gonna become a recurring thing? I guess you can't answer that. Okay. Ask him about the gem that powered the metal sage. Ask him what makes it different than other constructs. Okay, fine. The gem that powers the metal sage in your workshop 
What makes it different from regular construct powering devices? Ah, the sky crystal, yes. So, the crystal in question is part of a meteorite that was located somewhere in the deserts north-northeast of Sothis. We managed to locate the crystal and then I was able to take it and infuse it with elemental energy. So it works somewhat akin to the Secrophiers in that it is not necessarily bound with an elemental creature, but it taps into pure elemental energy. In this case, actually tapping into all four elements at once. So in essence, making it a source of natural energy. So connecting it to the elemental planes. Uh, as such, it could probably be used for all sorts of different things and some sort of uh, magical creations, more likely than not. My intention with it was to suffuse it with enough power to make it, in essence, an intelligent magical item that I could then attach to anything that I wanted to, any of my various clockwork creations, and then give them full mechanized intelligent life. Oh, that kind of happened. Well, good on you. Unfortunately, I never had the chance to actually finish it. Ask him, did he know that such a thing occurred with a little catfish that's now named Armor? <laughs> no, he doesn't know anything about any events that happened no, after he died. No, but it's a question, so he'll hear it. <laughs> nah, I'm not wasting time. somebody's asking me a question. Ask him the question. It's so cute. Oh, fine. Were you aware that such a thing did happen and that a little mechanical catfish has got it inside of him and uh, his name is Armor? No, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, although the number of things that have to fall into place for that to happen are astronomically low. When last I was going to use it, I was creating a clockwork mage, which I was referring to as the sage, which is whom I invested in the power in with last. However, unfortunately, I wasn't really able to actually complete him before, well, I was actually pulled away to work on some more issues that we were having with the Kepsutanum. However, the only person who could actually use and or activate some something like that would have to share my same bloodline. <gasps> oh, uh, as any of my magical devices only work if they're actually powered by an individual who shares the same bloodline as I do. Masika's related! <laughs> Masika! Not, not technically my descendants because I didn't like touching people. However, <laughs> I did have various sisters and brothers and therefore anyone connected actually to my specific tribe should be able to do the same. Masika looks like she could be knocked over by a feather right now. Holy shit. Told you it was worth asking the question. Right. <laughs> Does this mean, Masika, first off, that's somehow your, your ancient ancestor. And secondly, I'm made of star stuff. Yes. Oh, Carl Sagan. <laughs> he looks up expectantly for an answer. You are made of star stuff. I knew it. Also, all of us are. I think. <laughs> that's just a running theory. I have no way of proving it. <laughs> Narmer's discovering the uh, the meaning of the universe. Is there anything you wanted to ask Narmer? Um, I I would like to know if he knows Nahamra's situation. Uh, yes, if there was a falling out between Nahamra and Hakotep. I don't know how to word it to where we get specific. What was the relationship? He may like? tell us them anyway. What was the relationship between Hakotep and his advisor Nahamra near the end of your life? Need to check. Uh, they kind of went everywhere together, so possibly. Let me pull out my giant book of background notes. notes. You know how hard it's been for me not to go through that notebook. You gotta go through the I book. I found Rachel. out you left it out. <laughs> I was good and didn't. Considering I've got like, I think a solid twenty pages of this is like, Hakatep's backstory. That was really busy. <laughs> Fortunately, I typed up a convenient timeline for myself. So hold on. <laughs> I feel like that'd be necessary with the time spans we're talking about. You don't understand. I am pretty sure there are GMs out there that would kill to have access to this. We should auction that off Probably. at the end of the adventure after we're done. 
Actually, For that's not a half bad idea. For charity, yeah, that'd be a great charity auction. Nahama's relationship with Hakatep. First off, just to clarify, I'm not particularly good at reading people so much oh. as machines. <laughs> Dang it, good However, point. However, Nahamra sometimes was an advisor and then sometimes was something closer to, uh, I think you'd consider him to be a, a kindly old uncle. Sometimes Hakatep would treat him like an advisor and then sometimes he would treat him like family. They became particularly close after Nahamra was responsible for saving Hakatep from an assassination attempt by his brother. Oh. Hey, that's new information. Not unexpected, but new information. No, that's weird, though. So, in short answer, Hakatep and Nahamra loved one another. I mean, they did have their sort of issues. Mostly. Nope, that's beyond the scope of that question. Mostly what? Mostly what? What were their issues? What issues did Nahamra and Hakatep have with each other? Nahamra and Hakatep had a widely varying opinion of Neferuset. In particular, Hakatep desperately loved her. And Nahamra was somewhat displeased by her stealing children off the streets of Sothis and sacrificing them to dark powers. Ooh, Wait, oh, whoa. Whoa. whoa! Well, she was a priestess of Set. While Nahamra and I didn't actually get along all that too well, I kind of agreed with him on that one. <laughs> uh, what happened to her? Uh, yeah, I mean, do we really care do about we that? Know? Well, do we I know? I want to ask about the defenses. Of, okay, fine. Ask um, your boring question, then we can get back to it with our extra questions if we have them. Yes, exactly. Um, what was the name of that? What was the name of the slave trenches? The defenses it's, uh, of the pharaohs. Uh, the Kepsutanum the Kep- is the name of the slave trenches. Okay. What defenses were proposed for the Kepsutanum to keep it safe from grave robbers and the like? Well, many of it would be guardians, but of course, I was only involved in the creation of the earthworks. As well as the various tombs and such, uh, included and such. Technically, tombs wouldn't always be the correct term. There were guardians placed inside, which I guess does mean that there's dead bodies buried underground, so I mean, I guess it's part of a tomb. I really viewed it as an intricate cog in a magical clockwork machine. However, the contents of the vaults and crypts, as well as the nature of their defenses and guardians, were known only to Hakatep and his most trusted agents, the Okumen. As again, I mostly wasn't working on that. Their leader, however, is the ageless Shaitan warrior Tefna Jew who, considering that he is ageless and eternal, and his wording on his contract was rather vague, probably still guards the place, since he was set up as the guardian of the Kepsutanum. If Tefnaju survives, you could possibly even convince him to help you. Although, as I recall, his uh, temper is um, very hot for an earth elemental person, and his patience is very sparse for an earth elemental person. But if we offer to release him. I wonder if that's the guardian you mentioned, Hollis, that people oh, see there. But I did put so many traps in there. Like ingenious, amazing traps. You will be really impressed if you're not killed. <laughs> <laughs> what are the traps and the bypasses for said traps that you placed in the Kepsutanum? Well, almost none of them actually have any form of bypass, really, because all of them are designed to only really work. Well, technically, all of them do have a bypass in that the pharaoh could walk his way through any of them, and they immediately would not function or attempt to stop him. Uh, However, just assume that every single hallway is trapped. That really sums it up. Although you can make things somewhat easier for yourself if you are able to reach the Terra Minute, find the lantern vault, and retrieve said lantern. How do you get to the Lantern Vault? I'm going to extrapolate from your reason, or from your wording, that you're meaning how to get to the term minute. 
which is where the lantern bolt is. So I guess it's one step away from the other, however you want to say it. <laughs> there are two easy entrances into the Kepsutano. There's a ramp that enters into it from the north and a ramp that enters into it from the south. If you enter into it from the north ramp, which is technically the north ramp, but it's actually facing east, then you'll make your way west, turn south, turn east, turn north, turn east, and then you'll be there. I hope somebody was writing that down. I have an eidetic memory for only things that he says. Okay, cool. Are you... What? <laughs> Never would, too. That makes sense. He, sh- he shed the head to go to the northern entrance, which actually faces east, and then head west, head south, head east, head north, head east. Say it again. You're going to go to the northern entrance that faces east, and then you're going to head west, head south, head east, head north, head east. It's kind of hard to say east like this. Hmm. Do we have any more questions? We have one more question. What happened to his wife? Yes, does he know what happened to his wife? Was she still alive when he died? The Pharaoh's wife. Yeah. Was Nanoraset still alive when Hakatep died? Was that her name? Nanoraset, no, Nanoraset's yeah. the oh, Glabrazoo. No, you're right. Uh, what is, <laughs> the Pharaoh's uh, what is her uh, name? Hakatep's wife. Neferuset. Neferuset. Yeah. Was Neferuset still alive when Hakatep died? Or, well, no, died when he died. What when happened? Or when died. died. Okay. Was Neferuset alive when you died? That's... Well, that could just be a yes or no. I thought we were asking what happened to her. We were. Jordan is oh. a bad question asker. I... I only have a 10 intelligence and a lot of wisdom. Um, okay. You or Sudi? Did anything happen to Neferu set because of Nahama really is the question. Um, did anything happen to Neferu set before you died that Hakotep would have blamed on Nahamra? No, not likely. Not that I can really think of. Nahamra was very rarely remotely open as far as his opposition to things. He was the type of person who just kind of held things in check and just watched how things went around him. I think it's part of the reason that we didn't get along particularly well is I think he thought I was maybe a little bit too direct. Uh, as most of the time that I told I told him, as well as I told the Hakatep, that I was under the impression that Nahamra was too cautious. I mean, mind you, he was under the impression that magic could solve all of his problems, and I can agree with some of that. Although, personally speaking, I think magic can't really stop a giant clockwork fist. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted to actually raise anybody back from the dead as Sudi, but if I could, man, this my this man. To be perfectly honest, I'm under the impression that the majority of these issues between them probably occurred before I was ever even remotely involved, mostly during the 12 years that Hakatep spent in the Parched Dunes. During that time, he wasn't exactly running anything in Sothis. Most of that was handled by his brother as well as his wife, which at which point she was able to, well, do what she will as far as uh, that whole kidnapping and killing uh, various children. Can we raise him, please? So I'm going to guess that that's where most of those issues were, uh, as Hoktep was just busy off in the desert at the time, mostly speaking with the four wise witches as well as others. Dang it, every time we talk to him, I get 10 more questions to ask. Oh, I think I'm done. Well, maybe I'll see you in a week. Right, maybe I'll see you uh, in a week. Are the four five blah, the four wise witches a thing that you know about, Masika? Well, the the elders of the tribe are called the three wise witches. Were there were there four at some point? Um, not that I'm aware of, but maybe we ask them. Or to be fair, that was like six thousand years ago. I mean, I guess I could go ask why everybody gets... Every- and I need to say goodbye to Zosar, because I guess once we drop off Chisisek, we're going to Sothis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I That's got it. Right. I'll- oh, wait, we're teleporting. I don't have to summon anything. Never mind. All right. I'll be back in a little while, and then we can take Chisisek home. I'm preparing nothing but teleports today. 
Just the short version of it is your your tribe has always had the practice of having three elders. Uh, the, even using the term the wise witches is somewhat antiquated, mm-hmm. especially because it's the witch used in the general term of this is something that they were generally referred to as. It's kind of a translation. The the witch was not a term in a this was their class. Mm-hmm. It was their Spooky the magic elders ladies. in all cases. They're yeah, basically they're powerful magic women. Your tribe has always had three. Although from what you understand, before there were at one point four major tribes. Oh. There are only three major tribes left any longer. And while your tribe continues to have the elder tradition, the other tribes no longer do. As far as having three female elders. So it could have been like a representative from each tribe. Yeah, forming together to be Or it could have been four. just a different tribe that doesn't have it anymore. Yep. Huh. All right. Although this is also the first dude that you've heard that apparently after becoming Pharaoh, he just left for 12 and years. And went to the desert, dang it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he, it, how long would it have taken to dig the trenches necessary for the cap? Well, you know that that's not the case Capitana. because Chisisek before. said that this happened before he met Hakatep. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so now we got to figure out what the heck he was doing out in the desert. Well, yeah, well he wouldn't have been years. building the pyramid or we anything can, like that. We'll just... To hop back. Well, you couldn't week, have been maybe. building the pyramid because just yeah, a sec yeah. designed the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, what the heck? All right. He was literally out there doing some shenanigans, <laughs> learning some magic or something. Tennisur is gonna be like, "Why are y'all back again?" Because we need to talk to just a sec for like the fortieth time. Yeah, we're just here to time. talk to just a sec. It's cool. <laughs> he, he knows us. To be fair, if you if you study it carefully, I think you can teleport directly into the uh, the place where just a sec lies. Well, I'm gonna be uh, eyeballing it, as I like to call it. Uh, right and then, of course, Masika would say goodbye to her husband, and that she'll keep in touch yep. through sending spells, and she has no idea how long she'll be gone. Yep. There's an uncomfortably, awkwardly long kiss. Hollis looks away because it's very weird. <laughs> I think everybody looks away. Seraphet doesn't. <laughs> oh, Seraphet. No. Uh, <laughs> but I guess, um, I guess we're leaving all the camels and everything in the care of the tribe as well. Masika's feeling weird about going places without camels. Yeah, but we can't teleport with them. Hollis grins. I love magic. Are we ready? All right, let's do it. I guess so. Let's see if I can get us on target. Teleport. All right. Oh, boy. So I'm going to define this as scene once. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Where exactly are you attempting to teleport? Um, I'm trying to think of, like, the most memorable way, right? I mean, the entryway with all the uh, the arches and the natural bridges and all the rest of that was pretty memorable. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. thinking, yeah, probably in there. All right, go ahead and uh, roll me some percentile. Uh-oh. Wait. Don't say uh-oh. Know. I rolled a 13? I thought low was good. I, I don't know. I thought low was good in this. You chant in tone, reach out, place your hand in the center. Everyone else reaches out quickly, grabs onto your hand. Again, it's that hook, that hook sensation just behind your navel. The world goes black, sound disappears. And then this foosh, as this circle of sand explodes out from under all of you as you drop down, displacing a volume of air equal to all of your own mass as you arrive at your destination. Looking up at the natural bridges overhead, the pyramid softly shining in the diffuse light that makes its way down into this valley. You have a few seconds to reorient yourself before a darker shadow passes over you and the lithe feline form okay. of Tedasura lands directly ahead of you. You can tell your sudden arise- arrival has literally raised the hackles across her back. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> honey. We, brought, we found him. 
But she settles back on her haunches, looks over all of you, meets Sudi's eye. Was I correct? I've already forgotten what Hollis she said 40-something episodes ago. She said, don't blame yourself. You are correct, but I have returned with Hakatep. No, you have not returned with Hakatep. That'd be Hakatep. a crazy feat if you made it. <laughs> <laughs> we figured out an amazing trick. So what we're going, we made a spell that's teleportation, but you're always, instead of landing on your spot, similar area. And then we just kept targeting pyramids until we landed in the wrong one. Anyway. That's one way to get there. Um, <laughs> we have returned with Chisisek's body. She nods, turns, leads you inside of the the shrine dedicated, basically, to Chisisek. Well, Chisisek and Ta. Following her in, she stops when she enters inside, pauses, enigmatically stares up at one of the carved depictions of the architect. May I see him again? Yeah, I mean, Sudio, get big, pull him out. Open the sarcophagus. Yep. She stares for a long moment at his golden mask. The world will never know his kind again. It is good that he is home. Agreed. Should we ask if she minds if we come back to chat with them? Probably. So if we uh, need to talk to him again, are you okay with us coming back here? He should be put fully to rest, return to his tomb and his peace. I would in fact ask a favor of those of you capable. What is that? Can you use your magic to seal up the hole in his pyramid so that none may disturb him again? Oh, yeah. Let him rest. He will live on as long as I. All right. We will go return him now. The hallways are small. I would ask for you to do this task for me. Sure. I am not. She smiles. Equipped for such delicate tasks. Of course. Unless you want to scoop him up like a mama cat and trot him in there, but that wouldn't work. <laughs> no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. And I can use Wall of Stone to make a... Yeah. I mean, that's probably the yeah. only thing you could do. It's not technically going to make it impossible. Well, Wall of Stone and Make Hole together would probably be able to reinforce it back to mm-hmm. something close to what it was. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. it seems like they basically just disintegrated a hole through the side of the thing, so there's no, not a whole lot you can do. All right, Narmer. We've got to say goodbye. It was nice meeting you in person, Shishashek. Even if it was a weird magical conversation of which I wasn't actually involved. <laughs> I owe you a lot. My literal existence. And also now that we know Mashika is somehow connected to you, then maybe she can try to order any clockworks that we find. Maybe they'll listen. Because I don't know if she ever attempted to directly order that clockwork that tried to kill us. It would have been really cool if he just stopped. That would have been really cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. I, I don't think it works that way, but mm-hmm. sure. Remember, you had me try to talk to him, but that didn't work. But I'm not of the blood. <laughs> he doesn't have blood, that's true. I actually have, yeah, I have zero blood. Well, that's not true. You have oil. Well, no, I have no blood of my own. <laughs> that's all. Never mind let's, that. Let's take care <laughs> of this. Okay, Chishashek, you be good. Uh, we'll see you around. Take care, buddy. All right, we're saying goodbye now, Narmer. So, okay. so he, like, lifts and sets the, uh, sets the pieces back together for the uh, sarcophagus. I miss him already. Have a have a good eternal sleep. Great, great. Too many greats to even try to say, Uncle Masika pats the top of the sarcophagus. <laughs> Beer and bread. Once everybody's back out, Hollis will cast. Uh, I don't know if I actually have make hole, but I have wall of stone. Yeah, wall of stones. At the very least, better than nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we climb up there and uh, return walk back in to there. his tomb. Yep. Yep. 
Fortunately, as we were informed later, that uh, pit that Hollis made was actually only about two inches deep. So there's that. So, <laughs> so I didn't just, do anything wrong. Just enough to give you guys a high ground bonus against the thing that fell in. <laughs> exactly <laughs> enough. If it had been an inch and a quarter, no. But two inches, that was fine. You return the body, return the sarcophagus, place it back inside, close it back over. As you reseal the sarcophagus, there's this tranquil sense that rolls over the structure. You exit back out, leaving Chisasek, the architect, the genius to his eternal rest. You emerge back outside to find Tedesura perched on one of the nearby natural bridges. I'm assuming Sarah that's also hanging around outside. She's not involving herself in this. She doesn't know who the heck this Sphinx woman is or really anything about. Well, I mean, she knew a great deal pertaining towards Chisasek, but she felt emotions pertaining towards Chisasek, but didn't really know anything about him. And now she no longer feels those emotions either. So Tedesura, as you emerge, as you cast your spells, all of that stares quietly up towards the sky, her hair billowing back behind her in soft breezes. I feel I know your trajectory now. You will face him soon. More than likely. Do you understand the danger that you're now in? I mean, it seems pretty much as dangerous as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, very ominous. She turns back to all of you. There's a look on her face. One part understanding and one part concern. Almost pitying. You do recall Chisasek's accomplishments. Well, oh yeah. Which one specifically? Chisasek was responsible for designing his pharaoh's eternal tomb. She looks back again. And 15 others. Wait, what? What? I'll pick it up here next time. What? No! 16! Oh, what? Da, da, da. Gosh, oh, darn it. Oh, nuts. Curse you, Chisasek. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.